Hello, I'm Julianne Steinbacher, the founding partner of Steinbacher Goodall & Yurchak, an elder and special needs law firm with offices in Williamsport and State College, Pennsylvania. Prior to being an attorney, I was a social worker in a nursing home, and I saw firsthand the devastating effects that can happen to families who don't plan ahead. As an attorney, I help my clients answer three questions. The first question is, what happens if you die? What do we need to do today to make sure that your assets get to who you want to in the simplest, most cost-effective manner possible? The second question is, what happens if you don't die but get sick? How do we make sure that we protect your assets, protect that family business? And the third question, which is a question that I don't think many professionals, including other elder law attorneys and myself, have done a good enough job addressing. And that question is, what happens if you get Alzheimer's or a related dementia? What do we need to do today to get ready for that? Through this series of videos, we're going to look into that question in association with the Alzheimer's Association. So let's begin. Here with me today is Jeff Dauber, the Education and Outreach Coordinator for the Greater Pennsylvania Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Jeff, it's great to see you. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for having us. We appreciate the chance to partner um, with you on this video series. In this session, we're going to look at the support services. Jeff, what types of care and support services are available? So let's start out from the medical standpoint. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at physicians, hospitals, clinics, um, any kind of support that comes from the medical community, that's very important. You know, we've talked about before why it's important to get an early diagnosis. You know, what kind of physicians do we go to? Who does the diagnosis? How does the diagnosis work? People have a lot of questions like this. When we first start seeing, you know, warning signs and we want people to go to the doctor, well, we want them to go to their primary care physician. So they go to their primary care physician, but with any type of medical or legal advice we're getting, we want people to advocate for themselves. You know, so to learn a little bit more about it, go in, you know, so that when the physician is giving or, you know, trying to give a diagnosis, that people kind of understand what's going on. If they need to, to go see a neurologist or someone further, you know, with that diagnosis. We have some issues that, we're, you know, we're trying to do physician education so that, um, folks go to the doctor and try to get an accurate diagnosis and then get moved on whether it's to a specialist in Alzheimer's or something like that. Um, we also look at within that what is the diagnosis process. People will always ask how do I get a diagnosis. Um, well we're going to look at what are the symptoms, um, is there a family history, um, is there anything going on inside the person, you know, with, with, with a medical problem that may be causing it? Are they having kidney problems? Are they having an infection? Are there too many medications or medicine interactions they could cause or mimic dementia symptoms? So the first thing a doctor is going to do is look for those things. Um, if it turns out that everything is fine, then they're going to look at, is it maybe Alzheimer's disease or dementia? What kind of brain disease is it? Because there are a few different kinds of dementia. Um, they'll look potentially do a scan to see the plaques and tangles that are associated with Alzheimer's disease. And then are also going to potentially do what we call a mini mental status examination, which is just a series of questions and a test that they can do that, that is specifically designed to show the symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. So these are the, the way that we're going to look at getting a diagnosis you know, from a physician. But once again, we want people to advocate for themselves and you know, to talk, work with their physicians to see if they need to be moved on to a neurologist or someone else that can help. 
And I think that's so helpful for people to understand that being moved on to a neurologist is, is a really a natural step. Um, it's so important to find out for sure, is it an Alzheimer's or dementia? And even once we know that it is one of those, to figure out what type of it is. So, you know, a lot of times with my clients, I talk about, you know, we think about if it is an Alzheimer's, it's kind of like just like going a straight line down. Now, every, everybody's experience of Alzheimer's is a little different, but that's important to know because if somebody had uh, something like a multi-infarct dementia, which is one of the types of dementia, it feels a little bit more like a stair step. We're like, I'll go the same way for a while and then I'll go down. And I'll go the same way for a while and then I'll go down. Um, and that's important from my perspective when we think about the other support services out there. So if we think about um, placement services, like um, is a person going to need assisted living or nursing home? Obviously, they are placements that could happen. And you know, when we think about you know, planning ahead, we want to look into those things. But we also, depending on the type of diagnosis, um, we might be able to figure out a different type of timeline or different factors that might contribute to those things. Just so everybody knows, um, the support services that are so important are both what I've talked about, assisted living, personal care home, nursing home, which may or may not have dementia-focused care, and I think it's really important um, if dementia-focused care is available in any of those types of facilities to really look into that. But there's also other services that we see a lot as an elder law attorney. We see um, in-home care programs. There's programs now funded by the state called waiver programs that can provide six to seven hours of in-home care a day. And we are really excited about those because we can really protect the caregiver. Um, we can really, maybe that, that wife that's taking care of them or that daughter. Um, there's also um, what we in Pennsylvania call life care plans, um, life centers, where somebody, it's, can go there during the day, and we see a lot of people who are caring for their parents who have an Alzheimer's diagnosis being able to go there during the day, and the child can go and work. Um, and so those support services exist. Um, sometimes you're gonna need the help of an elder law attorney to figure out the financing options that are available for them. You know, I, I didn't talk a little bit about, um, you know, respite care, and I think that that gets so under-talked about. Respite care is so important. If I have that caregiver at home and maybe they just need to go on a vacation or um, they have a big family event and they need to go out of town, um, it's okay to place somebody for respite care. Um, and that could, that could just be a seven-day placement, it could be a month-long placement, but it's gonna really depend on the, uh, the services in your local area, and that's something you have to look into. It might be helpful with a, a, the help of an elder law attorney. Also, it might be helpful to look on the Alzheimer's Association website because there's some community resources finders that are there um, that help you locate those. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Julian, and we do have a community resource finder, so folks can go on the website on the community resource finder and find the different places, assisted living, personal care, skilled nursing, in-home health, elder law attorneys, you know, they punch in the type of service they want in their zip code, and that will bring up what they're, you know, what they're looking for. I think you also made a great point when you look at... Um, the different kinds of services, respite care. We know we talk to folks and they know they, they need that. They need adult mm -hmm. day services or they need respite services. They're some of the most important things they need because it just gives them a break, gives them a break so that they can kind of have a life, so they can get out and do a few things here and there. So that's important. Another thing I think we look at too is 
what other agencies? You mentioned waivers. You mentioned different kinds of funding. You know, veteran services. We always make sure people get to their area agency on aging because mm -hmm. that's very important so that they can get an assessment to see if they qualify for any any types of you know subsidy or funding as they kind of move through that. Yeah, and the other thing with the Office of Aging that's so important is that's going to be able to let us know um, at what level they're considered. And so it's really important the services that are out there, whether or not they're considered personal care home or whether or not they're considered nursing home eligible. Um, and that will be um, determined by the area, area agency on aging that is in every county. And I think it's important for people to know that because um, Sometimes if you call the area agency on aging, what you want to make sure that you do is not have the worker come out and say everything's great. You know, what we see, Jeff, is they, they come out and they're upset that the area agency on aging didn't provide services or said they weren't eligible. But yet when they ask the interview, oh, mom's fine, she doesn't need any help. What I would just say to everybody is, you know, make that call. But then, you know, be open and honest and truthful about wh what's necessary. Yeah, and that's very important because, you know, that all just goes to getting everybody on the same page. So from an from a elder law standpoint, how can you care plan or what are some of the mm -hmm. things that you can assist folks with? So we do Alzheimer's planning um, that's, that's very specific to you know, where they are right now on this continuum and this journey and what they're going to need to do. So we've talked you know, before about you know, some very basic legal documents, powers of attorneys, wills, um, trusts. But that's not enough for this. Um, so what we try to do as an elder law firm is kind of bridge from the legal world to the social services world so that we're really able to help people um, figure out what they need. And one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to figure out, help them advocate with these different agencies, um, help them decide what support services are available, um, and ha come up with a care plan for when we're going to implement them or even have a contingency plan. You know, for some people, they just, they just need a contingency plan. What about when that crisis occurs? Maybe the caregiver gets sick. But we're, it's really, really important. Um, and we're really, you know, proud of that here um, at our law office. And it's something that we partner with other law firms to really provide that specialized care of Alzheimer's planning um, so that we can really help that family through through what's called, what is a maze um, of, of, of resources, sure. the aging network that's out there. One of the things that we want to think about is um, how can you um, access more information? And one way, uh, we have a website, www.paeldercouncil.com. That is my law firm website, which we have attached a whole bunch of information, particularly about Alzheimer's. Um, there's some podcasts on there. There's a, there's a guide to care. Um, anything that can be downloaded for you to be able to gather information as you want it. The other thing that we have is the planningandprotecting.com site, and that's a site of attorneys across the nation um, providing information about planning and protecting for the second half of life with a special section um, called the Alzheimer's Project um, where information is available to you. But Jeff, I also know the Alzheimer's Association has some great resources. Yeah, well, we're here at the Alzheimer's Association. We're here to listen. One of our main ways to contact us is through our 24-7 helpline. So it's 1-800-272-3900. Or we have a lot of information on our website, which is alz.org. We hope you've enjoyed this video session. Uh, we're here to help you get the information you need when confronting a disease such as Alzheimer's.